welcome to another episode of Chronic Relief. Um, very excited today because we have one of my homies, good friends in comedy, Niles Abstin, comedian Niles Abstin. So welcome to Chronic Relief. Niles. What's up? Um, you and I have been, and we've been hitting the mics and shows for about a year now, mm-hmm. right? Um, we met because we love smoking weed and that smoking we blunts and whatnot. Um, so basically. I the goal of chronic relief I just like it seems to be like I don't know like mental health in our world is something like people are really uncomfortable with talking about as well as wheat right right and these are like two really taboo topics so I think it's important to kind of create the conversations around mental health and like have honest talks about our struggles and like how we pull ourselves out of these places and what we, um, what tools and what, and really like how it affects our creativity and our craft. For sure. So, um, basically how, uh, what was your pathway into comedy? Um, yeah, I didn't move here to do comedy. It's funny. Like I actually, where I actually you, told somebody I moved here from, well, I'm from Mississippi originally, but I was going to college in Oklahoma and, uh, I got an internship out here to intern for this production company and uh because I, I i really wanted to just be a writer i wanted to like be the next shonda rhymes or whatever that is <laughs> and so like that was like the thing i was like writing drama little drama scripts i remember yeah. telling a friend before i moved out here like i'd never write comedy i think that's stupid like i remember really? literally sending a text that said that because like i i enjoyed comedy but i was like i could never write it and then um i ended up writing like some little short comedy thing and somebody read it and they were like, yo, you should try stand up." I'm like, whatever. I didn't know you could just try yeah. stand up. I didn't know that was a thing. So I did it. I really liked it. And I was like, all right, yeah, fuck college. I'm just going to do this. And okay. so I dropped out of college and moved here at 20. And, uh, yeah, I've just been doing it ever since. So yeah. comedy is your, you found comedy to be your thing. Exactly. Yeah. What did you go to college for? Uh, I was a social work major. I wanted to be like a family counselor. Oh shit. Like do stuff with like foster care and that kind of thing. Um, growing up in Mississippi, you have, uh, siblings? Yeah, I have a little sister. She's sister. actually out here. She goes to Loyola Marymount. Oh, shit. Yeah. Smart family. Mm, sure. <laughs> I mean, you and your sister out here doing, yeah. thi- doing big things. Right. Um, were your parents supportive of your comedy? Career? No. Really? No, they were not. They wanted you to be a social worker. No, they just wanted me to finish college because, like, that's what you do. Like, my dad's a lawyer and my mom has her PhD in English. So, like, me, oh, shit. Yeah, me dropping out of college, I'm just, I'm kind of like the black sheep in the family. So. Dude, like, I can so relate heavily. I, 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 I love I love having guests on because I learned new things. I didn't know your dad was a lawyer. Yeah, he's a lawyer. He's Dang, one of the biggest it. lawyers in my hometown. You like, get he has it. commercials and all that kind of shit. So, you get it to have to uh, have these, like, really successful parents. Yes. Yeah. That, like, our generation, I feel like a lot of, like, these pressures come from, like, when we were going to high, like, I feel like you're kind of around the same, when did, what year did you graduate high school? 2013. Okay, so you're a lot younger than me. Yeah. But I feel like our, I feel like, are you considered a millennial or are you the next generation? I'm the youngest millennial. you can be at millennial. And I was I'm born in 95. Yeah, I'm a middle millennial. Yeah. So, I'm a we're millennials, and I feel like our parents' generation was obviously like better off than our grandparents' oh, generation, for sure. and they just like worked so hard so they could give us this like amazing life. Yeah, but then the the rules kind of changed. Oh, on it us. completely changed because like our parents' generation, the whole like oh if you work hard and do this, that you actually will have X, y, for the Z. most part, if you Guaranteed. just worked hard and got a degree, yeah, you could have a job, and that's what they instilled exactly. In us. And so you have like this whole generation of people is just like oh, but I worked hard, shouldn't I just have it? Well, and then they think like we're entitled, but it's really like we did everything you asked us to exactly. do. Now where's the end of your bargain? Right. right? Yeah. So like I understand you know, like why a lot of our generation specifically struggles with like insecurity, depression, Mm. mental health, you know, just like, because it's not like, I don't want to say we were lied to, Mm -hmm. but like I had this conversation in the last podcast. I really wish like the adults would have sat us down and just been more real with us. For sure. I'm not sure they even knew. You got a whole generation of people that thought they were going to be president and CEOs (laughs) and all this bullshit. I remember being, I remember being five years old, my first day of kindergarten, you know, my parents told me on the way that, they tell me in the on the in the car on the way there. We want you to be valedictorian, nigga. That's eighteen years from now. What the <laughs> fuck are you telling me this shit they're for? Thinking, they're they're trying to like groom you. I'm now. serious. Like they told me at five years old, you need to be valedictorian of your class when you graduate high school and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, yo, like I'm five. And yeah. What pressure to put on a yeah, five year? I've been like literally 
since like preschool, people were telling me you're going to be a doctor or lawyer, Dude, a doctor or lawyer, way. doctor or lawyer. And same I'm like, with me about the lawyer. Everyone yeah. was like, oh, like it was almost like an expectation. So when I went to like, you know, be like, no, it's yeah. like I'm disappointed, you know, I'm like letting people down. Right. You know, man, I can so relate to that. Of course. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's just like a common theme theme amongst our generation, which is why a lot of us are really gravitating towards the arts. Yeah. Because our parents did like abstract or like, you know, jobs that are tangible, you know, right. like doctors, lawyers, right. whatever it is, whatever job. But like, we're like, no, the arts. Yeah. And I think that that's what's going to sustain our generation. For we sure. have to get creative with how we're going to survive. Exactly. It's fucking Hunger Games out there. It here. really is. It really It's really a survival thing right now because I remember um, when I did tell them I was dropping out of college, like my mom just instantly started crying. And like I remember looking on her face, like yo, like you don't you you've been saying all this shit about how you believe in me because my whole for them, entire life. They just and then, are like they work so hard, yeah. And they didn't. Un- they probably just don't. It's probably taken them some time to realize, like, okay, well, this is what you need to do. Yeah, you know, this is what's gonna if because if I'm telling you, like, you did you have, you didn't graduate, you but did you ever work an office job? Um, I mean, I interned in an office. <sighs> But I didn't work. Man. I didn't technically work. There. That's my other thing too. Internships are bullshit. Yeah. You should never work for free. I, I learned. I learned a lot and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't make any connections because they didn't give a shit about me. And that's why I think that like internships are only available to a certain demographic of people who yeah. can afford to work for, sure. for free. And it leaves like a whole other demographic who will yeah. never get that experience. The only reason I was able to do it was because it was a part of a college program, right? And they paid for like where I was living and stuff I like that. I stayed an extra year in college just. Just so I can get an internship because by the time I had graduated mm-hmm. with my bachelor's, there was like no jobs available. And I had no experience because it was still like, um, okay, entry level position minimum of seven years. Yeah. Experience. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> it's an entry level position, but yeah, a and, third of your life right. you need to have experience. I'm like, I'm 21. Like, I'm, when would I? I don't know. I just, exactly. So, yeah. So the, I think that we're going to, it's almost like an awakening you know, because it's taken me a couple years personally to come to terms with, okay, my life may not look the way that other people, like especially my family exactly. or even myself. Because yeah. I, I think I was one of those people that, oh, I'm going to go to college. Yeah. I'm going to find someone. Yeah. Gonna, I thought I was going to get married, married at 23. And then I'm going to have, have kids. kids and, and I'm going to have a career, whatever right. that may be. And it's yeah. going to pay me enough money. And I'm going to live this life just like my parents did and yeah. like happily ever after. And I think that it was, it's. It makes me feel better to know that, like, we're all kind of going through it together. We definitely no matter are. what, unless, like, you come from, like, a trust fund family or right. a family that has, like, a business that you can just go into. And I was never going to go into my family business of Neither. law. I never that wanted was to never be an option for yeah. me. Um, I, it just, I guess it kind of, like, makes me feel better we're all in it kind of together, for sure like you know? you know other people are struggling too i guess you know but it's just it's rough but it, i think for our generation it is rough but i think pressure makes diamonds oh for sure and i think that some of the greatest art and comedy and whatever will come a new wave of that will come from this no generation. no doubt i was i was having a conversation with some of my friends the other day saying how like uh like, I feel like in the next couple of years, it's going to be like a whole like new wave of like comedy and art and different other parts of art that have comedy infused in it. Because I right. think uh, our, this generation of comedians is figuring out ways to put comedy in things that there's never been comedy in. Right. Like and, comedy and I mean, comedy and weed is always going hand in right. hand, but like comedy and weed. Yeah, like but it's, it's new, you digital know, and, and, um, and it's, I just feel like the old guard is about to have to kind of move out the way because I see things at open mics that are way better than I see on Netflix and Hulu and HBO. And I'm just like, yo, these are people that are sleeping in their cars and eat once a day and all this kind of shit. And these people are getting $15 million deals on Netflix That's, to do I stuff. I hate to say it. It's always kind of feel like been like that. Yeah. There's always going to be some that story of you hear that guy that yeah. was, that guy uh, never made it, but the he was right, so talented That's the thing. Whatever. The right person is going to get plucked. They're going to blow people's minds, and nobody's going to go is going to want to go back to the old bullshit, and it's all going to change. And so, like, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think the next five years are going to be really interesting with, like, millennial comedy and art and this kind of stuff, because I just feel like we have uh, an awareness and a voice that hasn't been in art in a long time right the millennial voice is is a in the struggle it, 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 it's a we are the ones who are the i mean we are the next 
baby boomers we're yeah. the next coming up because like, like, we're gonna be the ones running the we right. are running the world now because like i think of things just like like the harlem renaissance in new york when black people were doing all these different kinds of things it was because of the struggle that was going right. on at the time like when you look at the music that was coming out of motown and the jazz and all the right. how rap was started in new york it was all out of poverty and struggle and all this kind of stuff and it's just it's happening again yes uh but it's really like a more of a millennial thing so it's totally. really interesting it is it, i i 100 percent agree with you on that so when you when you told your parents, like, I'm going to not stay in college, I'm going to pursue what I want to do. Right. How did you deal with their disappointment? I mean, I knew it was coming. So you had I already did, mentally yeah, prepared Yeah, I, I knew yourself. it was coming. I, I mean, I didn't know. Like, my dad didn't talk to me for, like, a week. Right. Um, like, he just, like, when I said it, he just, like, looked at me, frowned, and just walked out the room. And then my mom started crying. Because we were in Texas at the time. Because, like, uh, I was, uh, we were, like, I was in L.A. and uh, for the internship that summer, and then I was in Texas to visit family, and so my family came to Texas, too. And so, yeah, and I told them, and I was like, and so, yeah, and they were really upset, but I told them, I was like, this is what I want to do, and this is what I, I feel like I have to do. And I feel like it's, you know, it's starting to work. That was, what, almost four years ago, and it's, you know, it's starting to work out. But it's just like, to be, it's it's just weird. Like, I get I get their standpoint, but, like, it's just it, things are just different, you know? Yeah. And, um and I and I think for a lot of our parents' generation, like they want to support us, but they have to see things first. Exactly, like a hundred percent. When I told my mom when I was like, "I'm doing comedy," I think one of the first shows that she saw, one of the first shows I did was a stage. I was like, not in my mind looking back, I was like, "I got that stage way too soon," you know. Yeah. But I think I I bombed. It was in Vegas. It was at like a home. It was at the Stratosphere LA Comedy Club, which I like perform there now, and yeah. it's great. Um. But I remember, like, I got off stage and I know, like, because I'm so early on, like, you know, they were clapping or whatever. But it wasn't until months later that uh, my mom saw one of my, like, Laugh Factory videos or something. And she was like, you got really funny. You're you're funny. <laughs> that's good. And then that's when things, like, started to, like, change for them to, for them to see, oh, she's really doing this. Yeah. This is what she's going to do. For sure. So, and I also think, you know she they've seen me try like i did the corporate thing you know i got like 17 degrees i did everything yeah. i was like i'll do whatever you ask you know yeah um and it just didn't work out i couldn't hold a corporate job longer than a year right it fucking made me so depressed yeah. i i like would lose like i just didn't have a personality nah, i totally and get I that. think that like that's the thing that bothers me about colleges is they're still pushing that um path as Hell a way yeah. to success and it is not there's not one job one corporate job at least in la that will pay you enough to live out here no. without some support right. or help and or not struggle. out of college at least and the thing is is like you did not go to school f- just so you can like struggle, struggle so much yeah. like that what but the thing is, is that's the reality is you are going to struggle no right. matter what unless you, unless you have a job laid out for you or your parents are willing to help yeah. You know, and even then, like, there's only so much that they can do because right. that only lasts for so long. And right. you need to find something that's going to at least sustain. Yeah. And I think that, you know, especially like, I think it's got to be difficult. Well, it's difficult for men and women differently. Women for us, because a lot of us are waiting, delaying marriage and having kids because right. we just can't. One, you know, the it's not like the people our age are even financially stable. Not yeah. that, not that that hasn't prevented people from having families, mm-hmm. but for men, it's like, there's gotta be something to the ego that, you know, in your mind, you thought y- you should be where you should, you know, be further along or Hell be yeah. able to pro- provide. And I can only imagine how that would, aff- you know, like, yeah. it just, I don't know. I feel like the older generations are starting to see, you know, shit is going to be different. Right. And it's just like, you see like all these like older people talking shit on the internet about when I was this age, we did this. I was like, yeah, nigga, college was $5 back then. Like, what do you, what do you expect for me to do? Like, it's completely different. And there was jobs. And there were jobs and everything, exactly. Everything was so cheap. There wasn't that much competition. No. You know? And I just think that, I don't know. I feel like also, I I don't know what these people are going to do because robots are going to be taking oh, a yeah. lot of these jobs oh, that, yeah. 
you know so i think that the arts is the way to go it's like about, it's about to be like this shit's about to be really crazy because like i was um this is dude running for president andrew yang yeah. and he was talking and he was just talking about how like probably within the next 30 years it's gonna be a lot of jobs that we see is like every, like all these people are doing it with no degrees and everything but it's gonna be probably automated at some point yeah like drivers truckers so now all that kind of our stuff. generation is competing with the ones above us who are still too young to retire exactly. and too broke to retire exactly and now we're competing with the generations below us that are just coming up into the workforce yeah. so and robots yeah you know so for me i just think if i didn't if i didn't have something creative that a robot couldn't do a robot yeah. couldn't tell my story exactly my life exactly and make up you know that Ah, shit i don't know what i would do right I, I, and that's the thing after like d- doing comedy and writing and everything i just don't see myself doing anything else you know right so it's just like i just gotta make it work at this point so it's just it we're in a weird yeah we're like in this weird position because i feel like we're we we're like set in this tradition of how to do things in this country but all of that is about to change real soon and i think a lot of people are like telling themselves that's not gonna happen because like yeah. robots taking jobs from people is kind of funny when you think about yeah. it like that's oh that's hilarious that's stupid that's something on futurama it's hilarious but then it's just like in 20 years when it really happens and your kid your kid can't get a job because a robot is cooking burgers at mcdonald's then your what? kid let alone you yeah you don't have a job then what yeah no yeah. for real i it's uh it's kind of a, a disheartening and concerning thought to think about, but it'll be interesting to see. And at least for us in comedy, there'll be no shortage of material. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you will. That's the thing. Like certain jobs, like we'll always be able to tell jokes. You know what I'm saying? I think they're but trying to train a robot to tell jokes or something. Probably like a thing. Which it, is, I mean, Hey, they wouldn't have life to pay experience. them. Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, do you, uh, what is a low describe like a low, moment for you in your life like, oh shit uh when i was you're ho- like which one <laughs> right which one today shit yeah. i'm having a bad day but um uh when i was 22 i was homeless for most of the year out here um yeah i was uh sleeping in cars yeah i'm sleeping in my car uh i would go sleep out in beverly hills you know because that's where i wanted to live so slept in my car in beverly hills for pretty much a year and that shit was really rough. Like I, I'd experienced depression before, like in school, because I didn't know where I was, what I was doing in my life, and stuff like that. But like being homeless, like legit, like nobody should ever have to do that. Yeah. And like I, I thought that because I, I worked with homeless people because like I did an internship back in college uh, with social work where I was helping at like a drop-in center where like basically it was a place where homeless people could chill during the day. They wouldn't have to be outside and everything. Yeah. But then at a certain time, they'd have to leave. And so I would like help them get jobs and everything. So I was already like, damn, people shouldn't be homeless. This sucks. But once you do that shit, like it's just it, the way it weighs on your brain and just like. And how easy it is for people to become homeless exactly. in this country. Especially it can happen in, to anyone. Especially in this city. The majority yeah. of the homeless people in America live here. I wouldn't ever say I was homeless, but I did not have a home for a week when I broke up with my ex and his yeah. parents packed up my shit. Even for a week, out, that shit is rough. And I didn't have like a place that was like my own and that was like my low-key diet very light experience of oh shit i've never had to worry about not having a a place to lay my head at night that is my own yeah and it is it fucks it's i can only that's why like i feel i really it really can happen to anyone no it can't because like i i i live i've lived a relatively privileged life and so like until until then I I mean I was struggling I I was I was broke but I I had this situation happen where I was staying basically the person where I, that I was living with kind of screwed me over and just left and so like I couldn't pay for it anymore so I had to move out but the thing is I didn't have anywhere to move in the city so I was just like I'm living in my car because I wasn't going home. Were you doing stand up at this time? I was and so that's I tell her I like most people tell like I tell like that's when I got good because it's just like I didn't just want to sit in my car every day so I was hitting like five six mics a day that was your home yeah like open mics like i would always be there i'd probably i'd get there early and shit because i just didn't want to be in my car and then also like i didn't have like a lot of friends on the comedy scene just yet so like i didn't want people to know i was homeless so like i was just always at stuff yeah. and so like i was always chilling at shows hitting mics and everything and i just i got good they're like damn niles is like the most supportive comic yeah no <laughs> like the people were like man you're at every show all this yeah. kind of stuff i was like yeah nigga i need to be here yeah. like that's but it's just like it was it was really rough like i i mean I it just 
thinking like thinking where I'm like at. I mean, I'm still struggling, but it's just like thinking where I was two years ago as a 22 year old in my car, and just seeing where I'm at. I'm not. I'm at now. It's just really cool just to see the progress because like that shit was really really hard. Yeah. And uh, like I, I I don't think anybody should ever have to go through that, especially with like the people that have so much money in this country. For people to not have somewhere to stay is ridiculous. That's, it's true. Yeah. And it also really speaks to how kind of comedy took care of you for sure. during this time and had your back. Yeah. Because had you not had that outlet, like, who knows, you know, how else you would be feeling or not what other sure. type of shit you would have ended up in just because you didn't want to be sitting in your car all day. For like, sure. What, how I mean, you would have occupied your time. There was nights where, like, I like there like I would go days without eating sometimes, and then, I mean there would be nights where like I would have like a really good set. And somebody would be like, "Hey, let me buy you some food, man." They didn't know I was struggling. They just wanted to buy me some food because I was funny. Somebody was just at the bar or at the yeah. restaurant. That shit would save my life for like two days, and like literally like me telling jokes was like saving my ass. And right. like it was it was really rough, but like I'm thankful for it in a weird way because I don't think I'd be as good of a comic I, as mm-hmm. I am if I hadn't gone through that really shitty experience. So many experience. people would have given up. Yeah. They would have moved back home I, way And before. that's the thing. I told myself, I was like, You're, I'm not going home. No like, matter I'm what. from Mississippi. Like, And I, I didn't tell my family either because like, then they I'm like- They didn't know? No, nah, they didn't know. Do as, they know at all? Um, I think I, we've never like talked about it, but I've like joked here and there. And so like they maybe like kind of know, but like, it's just like- I, I don't really talk about it, but it's, yeah, I, I didn't want any of them to know because then it's just like, oh, they're going to feel like, oh, we were right. He couldn't do it. And so, like, I didn't want anybody to think that about me. So I just, I didn't tell anybody. I, I didn't tell any friends. I didn't tell any other comedians, nothing. What, like, that really, like, speaks, I mean, I'm just so impressed with how powerful the mind can be. Yeah. And it's just a constant reoccurring theme when I'm talking to people about mental strength and how strong you must you had to be to just kind of like get through that yeah and be homeless that and endure it and i mean like what would you tell yourself um i would lie to myself and say it's not always going to be like this cuz the thing is i i didn't know if it was not going to always be like that but i would just tell myself that and then it's just like and then there were, i had like uh like i had a lot of ideas i was excited about that i was writing and things like that and so a lot of times, like, that would keep me inspired. Like, my yeah. cartoon, for instance, like, I got that idea of smoking weed in my car when Same. I was homeless. And so, like, little things like that kept me going. Because, like, well, one, I want to see this one day. So if I, like, don't survive, then I, nobody will see it. I won't see it. So yeah. keep going. So, yeah. Uh, that was the fire. Yeah, little creative outlets would keep me going for sure. Um, So, shit. I mean, that's... I, I literally had no, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I don't talk about it much. I mean, but <laughs> honestly, like, that's, I think it, I think that's really cool. Thank you. That's a part of your struggle, and that's something, like, yeah, I mean, you did, we did, both of us have come through f- from, like, a privileged background, mm-hmm. and I, I think people don't, I think people assume that if you come from a privileged background, that that means that you didn't struggle in any way. Right. Yes, you had some things easier. Yeah. But yes, you also will struggle because your parents can afford to fuck you up more. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> I think, that too. Um, but I think that I think that a lot of times people try to. It's crazy when people try to bring up coming from privilege as a way to as a way to shame someone. Yeah, because you want you also want to be able to have. We all want to be able to have a not a privileged life, but at least like a life that okay, we can take care of ourselves. Right. Of and I always find it interesting. I think it's fine to shame rich people, <laughs> like yeah, Aunt Becky's sure. and Fuck like them. people like that. Yeah. But like you know, people who come from families that financially were be able to support them, you know, when they were younger. Yeah. Is, I don't think that's healthy to shame and people it, for that re- either. It's really interesting in like communities of color with that too, because like growing up in my family, like my dad was probably like at the time yeah still today my dad's the most successful person in our family really yeah him and my uh his younger sister she has a she has a really good job she works in like business and everything like that she's worked for like frito-lay like huge corporations but really like my entire life as a kid my dad was the most successful person in our family so if we if we had like took 
people in our family on vacation and things like that, my dad was probably paying for it. If right. like we went out to dinner, everybody, we were, well, like we were probably like my dad was probably paying for it. So like I feel like people in my family looked at me and my little sister as like spoiled, right? And like and like I want to start writing some jokes about it. Is like in like certain black families when a lot of like my family struggled like a lot. Like my like literally like my dad like I'm two generations from sharecropping. Like right. my granddad sharecropped from five until eighteen. Right, your parents are both self-made. Yeah. For sure. And so like they were so like other family members like look at me and my sister like we were spoiled. And I'm just like, no, like my parents just did well for me. And I remember being 100%. like nine, ten years old defending myself to like 40, 30 and 40 year olds. I'm like, you just jealous old people. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry your parents didn't totally didn't I have really... certain things like I, I'm that's not my fault. Yeah. And but that so ca- that's yeah. like a reoccurring theme that I just see. And it's like I get it because I, I can only under I can only imagine what that would look like to someone but at the same time they have to realize context like same with my parents not they weren't like two generations from crop crop sharecropping but but sharecropping but my 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 parents like my grandparents they didn't come from anything they were just blue collar worked at a yeah a retail store my grandfather maybe like my grandfather sold insurance my other grandfather was a military yeah and then my parents work their fucking asses off, yeah. especially my mom, because she was she went to law school and started having a career in a time when most women didn't do that. Right. So um, they really instilled in me and just like your parents instilled in you and your sister, like the value of hard work. Yeah. And like and that's the thing that that like kind of upsets me is people think that just because, you know, my parents did well, that I didn't work as hard. Right. I worked hard. Yeah. I fucking, I got into college. My parents, my mom didn't have to suck anyone's dick or pay a building. Like, <laughs> they, they wouldn't thousand. have. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't, they're Jews. They wouldn't have thrown their way, they right. would waste their money away. Right. So, I mean, it's all about perspective. For sure. And I, I just think that, I mean, like, I look at some people who didn't grow up as maybe financially as fortunate, but yeah. they had super loving parents. and i'm like that's currency you can't that is currency as well i mean i'm always jealous of parents of kids who have parents that literally supported them like that guy last night we niles and i were at a show and there was a a white rapper on the stage like his parents loved him you know like enough confidence that he could get up there and rap about ramen your parents definitely support you You know you do some bullshit that's what i'm saying don't bump not don't bump my man (laughs) 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 yeah that was i looked at him no we're good we're not entitled we are grateful right we're grateful for all spots for sure and and where we are in our lives last night was fun but i mean i got it i last night i was like in a bad mood you know, I've been depressed, like we're all going through it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, even though there was only four people like and I was just sitting there almost falling asleep, like I had a great time up on stage. It was great. Like I felt really good getting off, That's you good. know, That's what it's so about. I don't know. I just I'm so grateful for like, even though I kind of discovered comedy like older, I was 29 Okay. when I first started. I'm 32 now. So I'm just grateful like I found it. Yeah. For you sure. Know? And I, because to be honest, like I live with depression. It doesn't even matter if I had comedy or not, but I feel like now I just have something that I'm working towards and yeah. something that I feel like I'm a part of and that I'm going to be a part right. of. Whereas that before I was just like aimlessly wandering around, Same. what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the other thing our generation kind of struggles with is, okay, if we're not going to have these jobs and if we're not going to get married and have kids, then like, what are we here for? Mm-hmm. What is our purpose? Yeah. Cause I feel like, especially like coming from the South, like I feel so bad for like the girls, like legit, like they just tell you, yo, you're supposed to get married and have kids. Yeah. And so like a lot of girls I grew up with, that's like what they're doing. And I was like, yo, like you probably could have done something way. I feel like, like some, I, some people that is their dream. But I also feel I like that's, that's a dream that's marketed to us. It's a dream that's taught to you, I think, though. Because, yeah. like, because even, like, my parents, we got in this, like, I was, so I was in Vegas with my parents uh, last week. We were visiting, I have a, my granddad actually lived out. He moved from California because it's too expensive and he moved to Vegas. <laughs> and so, uh, I remember we got in this argument because I told him, I was just like, like, I, I told him, like, I don't know if I'm going to have kids, but if I do, I don't want having a child 
being the biggest achievement I've yeah. ever had. Because and they were like, oh, but you you won't under, you you'll understand when you have children. And I was like, yo, like y'all are successful people. There's no way in your life you look at me and you're like you're the biggest achievement. Yeah, my, that's my, bullshit. My parents don't look at like their careers are amazing. Right. And I would never want to take or measure or be like I'm the most important exactly. thing to happen to you. And there and there are people and parents and kids. That is very true. Yeah, fuck and that. And I think that 100%. I agree with you 100%. I'm, I literally looked no at my way. dad. I was like, are you going to be okay with me not giving your grandchildren? Like, yeah. I'm already starting to prepare them my for like, that being My mom's super upset whenever we talk about it. A so possibility. I just don't even talk about it. I mean, it. You, we're both still Because my sister doesn't want to have... I don't think she really wants to have kids either. <sighs> you know, my sister doesn't either. And I think that that's a common theme within a lot of us because we can't even fathom yeah, having enough I can't. How? money. It's just like how? Because of how everything is so expensive. Like, I mean, just even having the kid, like the, to have like, to have that, like the birth is like thousands upon thousands. I mean, it's just, it's not feasible. It doesn't even like, seem I have, real. I have friends that are like having babies and stuff and people I knew growing up that are having babies and everything, but they live in places that aren't like this though. Yeah. And so I was just like, what did, so what do y'all expect me to come back to Mississippi or something? Like that's not going to fucking happen. I, my favorite thing is like when girls get engaged and they hold up the ring as if it's like a, an Olympic and that's it. And that's the thing. And like, the, like that is their greatest, they got it. And then, they, and then they let themselves, it's like this is not a fucking accomplishment. Right. I talk about this in my comedy. So I went to Christian college for a little bit. That was terrible. I went to Christian high school. Ugh, me we'll too. It was horrible. Stories. Which, which which uh, religion? Uh, it's just non-denominational okay. racist Christian people. <laughs> and so, like, I went to Christian high school and Christian college in Mississippi and Oklahoma. So you can already understand what that yeah. was like. Uh, white and. <laughs> And I went to Christian college in Oklahoma and literally like, it's a funny thing to say, but like all these, like they literally like a lot of these girls go to the school so they can get a ring by spring. Like a lot of stop. Yeah. Like that's a thing ring by spring. When I say it, like when I say it on stage, it automatically gets laughs. But to me, it's like a normal thing because it's been said so much yeah. and to people who aren't like in the little Christian sect, they think that's the most ridiculous, hilarious thing. But you got all these girls that come to school that really think like, yo, like, because in Christian circles, people get married super young because you've been taught your whole life that sex is bad unless you're married right. and all this kind of stuff, which is stupid. Yeah. And so, like, you have these 18-year-old girls and 18-year-old dudes that are so, like, sexually repressed and everything that have only touched a titty that think, oh, if I have sex, I have to get married. So you have these kids that literally meet each other in August. And I'm telling you, I would see people who met each other and then three months later see a picture on Facebook with the dude on his knee giving Stop. her a ring. And I was like, yo, what are you doing? And then they're 21, 22 with a child. And are then, they happy? No, there's no way. There, you don't even know who you are. And and it's just like, you don't even know who this person is. Like, like I'm, I'm still figuring out who my parents are, and I've yeah. known them for 20 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And it's just like, yo, like, I would see, like, I would go to Christian college, and then I would see other girls who that wasn't happening for, and it would, like, make them sad to see other girls getting, getting engaged during the second semester of college. I mean, these are things that are... Like like we talked about, these are things that are passed down from it's us. It's conditioned from generation if to it generation, wasn't, and you that's do why it. we feel like we can't measure up because these are these like unrealistic expectations that just don't work for everyone. Yeah. Like not everyone is going to get married, have kids. You know, like not everyone is going to like. It's like it's just not realistic. And I'm not saying I don't want it. It's just like right now, like you said, it just it doesn't seem like it's a realistic option. With I couldn't even how fathom. I'm to live I'm my look, life. I was at Starbucks today. I'm watching a young couple, like the girls holding the baby, and she's she's like got to be much younger than me. She's got to be like five, whatever, seven years. I don't know. She could be my age. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't know how they even do it. No, I just like how I have like a hundred dollars in my bank account right now. You know, I like I, I live I paycheck. I live paycheck. To paycheck, you know, like I just I couldn't Mm-mm. I couldn't even think and I'm I'm in my 30s. So I don't know. I mean, it just seems it just seems that we're now coming. It's everything is changing and it's really like our lives are what we are going to make of it. Right. And uh, and like people and like I'm not and I'm not making fun of those people. Well, I am making fun of those people, but <laughs> it's like I feel like when you get married at 21 and you have children at like 22, 23 now you have these responsibilities and now you're going to do whatever it takes to keep to like support that or whatever. Right. And so I'd rather do whatever it takes to support my dream. Right. And so it's just like I feel like a lot of people 
get stuck or get put in these situations and then you see all these crazy headlines like dude murders family or woman throws baby out a or, window or like drowns her seven yeah, kids and in a just, bathtub yeah like you're like why you that stuff happens children. in the midwest and i'm like yo because you were 19 and pregnant and you should have been 19 like Living writing a life. book or backpacking europe or some something right. like that well i also think you know that's another thing that's why like mental health is just such a taboo topic is it's just never talked about and we go and we get our eyes checked we get our we go to the dentist but no one ever is like why don't you go get your brain checked every year why don't you go talk to someone Mm -hmm. who is not a part of your situation just to give an assessment with like how are you doing yeah not that's never suggested it's never and 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 it seems like mental health is just like a crisis, overwhelming crisis yeah. in this country. And no one wants to do anything about it. No one wants to talk about it. By the time it's talked about, it's, it's because something bad happened. It's just like, it's like the stop sign that gets put at the end of the street. You right. don't put it there until the car accident happens. Right. And so, like, I feel like, like, a lot of, like, me, like, the, like, mental things I've suffered from, I think, and a lot of people my age, I think, have suffered from is because, you get this picture painted at a young age of what life is supposed to be and what you're supposed to have and all these kind of things. And then when that doesn't happen, I think you feel like, oh, shit, what did I do? What did yeah, I I'm do wrong? I'm a disappointment. Uh, yeah. I'm a failure. Right. And so, like, and when that happens, I think a lot of mental illness issues can come from that because yeah. you feel like you just fucked everything away. And it's really, it's and it's really, like, life is really kind of a sum of choices once you make it, not kind of, not what people tell you it's supposed to be right. when you're six, you know? right. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's why I think I wish the adults would just sit us down and have like a real conversation instead of, you know, supporting D.A.R.E. programs. Right. Like give us some useful knowledge about the real world that, uh, you know, marriage is not an accomplishment. It's not. Getting getting married is not accomplished. The marriage itself, staying married, is something to celebrate and be proud about. And you want that. Right. And that, you know that isn't the it and i want i don't know i just feel like a lot of kids coming up i hope that they realize that because we didn't realize that because we how are we to know our parents didn't know our parents my mom still when i graduated from college with a bachelor's yeah my mom walked me into the dean of communications office at my college and was like why doesn't she have a job what because she just she thought in her mind she's like okay well i sent you to college they're supposed to prepare you and i'm like i did it i I did everything i graduated like but there was just no i mean granted i was in boca raton florida where people go to die so it's not like a thriving (laughs) place to start a career that's where all the Um, retired people are right exactly so i mean but it's also like now that i think i'm like how ridiculous how entitled (laughs) for my mom but it's like when she came up though that's how it worked there were so many and that's another thing i think a lot of times like like my mom found her job my mom found her job in radio off like a posting in 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 like on a board like an yeah. actual paper of jobs list like there were jobs when she was coming up giving away they were giving away jobs wow. they were just like here are jobs available yeah because you know? i was reading something the other day it was talking about how like parents that had kids uh born in like 85 to 95 don't really realize how much the world changed in just that little like decade and just going onward into the 2000s because they were hard at work they were working with everything i don't think they noticed how much culture changed because the internet gets introduced all these things the world rapid like our world rapidly changed in like 12 years yeah and everything is different but to them like they're still kind of stuck in that well i went to college and i got this and i got this and i got that and like i feel like everything kind of just changed while they were like their noses down were hard working and so like and then their kids have to deal with this cultural change that they know nothing about right and so you're giving this advice on things that are just different. They don't now. apply. They like don't, it just doesn't does not. apply. It doesn't. <laughs> and it just. And then when you tell them that, you they feel like you're like, oh, you calling me stupid or whatever. It's just like no. It's just like a lot of the things you believe and a lot of the things you're trying to institute are just very outdated. Yeah, that's got to be hard for them to accept because I feel like, you know, I can only be imagine like being my parents' age and having to accept the hard truth. Like shit, my kids may not have the same opportunities. No that I work so yeah. hard to give them. And, and that's a, and just in American history, I don't know if there's really been an era where things have just changed so quickly well, in a small this is amount the first, of time. Well, this is the first generation that will not do better than the generations before right. them in a long time. Right. Because it's just been, which is, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. How did we get, but I also think, is it weird that I think that we're going to be all right? 
Uh, I don't think it's weird to think that. I think that's just like a sense of hope, you know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I I don't even know what all right means to exactly. me. I mean, like, what is, what all, is right? all right? Like, I don't even need all the money in the world. I just would want enough. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is like, I think it's so important. Like, health more than anything is so important, especially in this country, mm-hmm. because one sickness can ruin your life. Yeah, and I was that's just something. the world we live in. We're in like America. a majority of the country can't even take a $500 emergency we're $500 away from fucking ourselves I can't take a $50 emergency none of us (laughs) I just got an oil change today and I don't know how I'm gonna eat the rest of the week so it's just like we're gonna get Niles some burgers or something it's just it's crazy like it like it's literally crazy because and and uh, and just so many things that happen I guess politically that kind of just happen under like our parents noses you know what I'm saying like just everything from like the bank bailout in a way yeah. like I was I've been watching this documentary of the 2000s oh, on Netflix yeah. and Wait, so you got to watch um have you did you watch the other ones like the 90s and the 2000s I didn't watch the 90s you know what one. you would love which one the 2000s is good but you you should watch Oliver Stone's The Untold History of America on Netflix I'm gonna check it's, that out insane but it was just it was crazy watching it because like the world really changed a lot in the 2000s and like it just from like the bank bailouts Mm -hmm. to the housing market the housing market crashing how uh, the taxation continued to decrease for the rich how uh the minimum wage hasn't gone pharmaceutical big pharma comes in so hiking up prices exactly and then it's just and then also like with how uh the minimum wage hasn't been adjusted to inflation inflation since like the 80s because, like, honestly, like, I was reading something where technically minimum wage should be, like, $24. At least. At least $24. When I first... It's seven fifty where I'm from. Wait, no, seven twenty five yeah. where I'm from. Yeah, and probably lower in other parts, maybe even other parts. Of the I remember country. when I was in high school, me and my friends were all working at a gym. We were all making eight fifty, and people were jealous of Dude, us. Dude, I was making... Way more money when I was younger than I am now. Yeah, I was like, I doing, was sixteen making eight fifty an doing hour. Doing jobs that people like, legit were jealous of me. Doing jobs that like, <laughs> when I first came out to LA six years ago, I took a job as like a receptionist yeah. at a company, and they paid me nineteen dollars an hour, wow. which was high yeah. for a receptionist That's job. Dope. And I got health insurance. I got to paid to. I got a. Uh, I can work out an hour yeah. a day. I mean the. The place was kind of whack, and so were the people. But th- I mean, that was still yeah. a job that was paid pretty well. I mean, yeah. it wasn't the greatest job, but right. whatever. I thought I was like, wow, nineteen dollars an hour. And ever since, like then, I've never seen. I don't see stuff like that. Nah. And and like even when I got a corporate job, like working in entertainment, mm-hmm. no money there. No, for us at least, no. it's all kept at the top. Exactly, and it's just like, and then. Those jobs are going to the nephews and cousins and brothers and sisters oh, yeah. and sons and daughters of all these rich people. And I can't really even be mad at them because it's just like, what are they supposed to do? Just not let their family have jobs and shit? I mean, you, I'd do, be doing the you same definitely thing. do see that. But I al- they also, there are some, you know, I just I just built a LinkedIn mm-hmm. off. I just had a good LinkedIn and applied for it because, like, my parents never helped me get jobs out here. And yeah. I didn't have the connections when right. I moved to LA. I don't have any industry connections. And, like, I, I had... I've had to build my own. I didn't, you know, like even, even though my mom did have some connections out here cause she had a, te- a court TV show for a year. Oh wow. But like those, it's not like it did any, I don't have a manager. I don't yeah, have an agent. And, and like, I, I never expected them to help yeah, me same. because I don't expect it. Right. You know? I don't either. Yeah. It's just crazy. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's a crazy world. No? Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, and it sucks because I think, especially with the way we're taught, uh, how this country is run and how everything is when we're little, to learn that basically everything's fucked up and nobody knows what they're really doing is right. really depressing. When at five six years old, you're just like, "This is the best country in the world," and yeah. my mommy and daddy can do anything. Pledge of allegiance. Yeah, and then you Can't find out work. no, they actually fucking hate you and want you to die, and they want to take your health insurance and all this kind of shit. And and you're just a number. Yeah, you're just a number, and they don't care, and they'll throw you in prison for having a dime bag of weed in your pocket, but. On totally. one side of the country, and then people can have businesses that totally. cannabis business on the other side of the country. Totally. So it's just it's it's ridiculous. Now, uh, your parents know you smoke weed. Yeah, they know. They don't like it. I don't think. Well, no, they definitely don't like it because um, I had this hat on. Uh, There's like a marijuana brand from a friend, and she was like, "Are you wearing?" My mom was like, "Are you wearing a weed hat?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm wearing a weed." Have hat, you tried mom. to have those conversations? With no. Them? For no. what? But your dad. Uh, well, your mom is a doctor. My mom has a PhD in English. She was a okay. college professor. professor, but it's just like it's just have those conversations for what? They're just they're from Mississippi. You don't need. To, you don't need. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just gonna be an argument, and it's just like they're from Mississippi. They're super religious. Like I mean, she got mad at me for having a weed hat on, and I was like, "Mom, the hat's not gonna get are you they, high." Like, are what they do you? Support- 
<laughs> That's what funny. Are, are they supportive doing? of you now of what you're doing? Of comedy? I mean, here and there. Like, so when I wrote those sketches for Comedy Central and those came out, oh, they were supportive as fuck. Oh, yeah. That was like watching me score a touchdown. Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's it, my son. Yeah my, yeah, my dad made this huge Facebook post about it. I love it. And I was like, bro, they probably forgot you had a kid you ain't talked about me in so long. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, they were super supportive then. But it's just like, it's 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 interesting when like things aren't really like out there how it's kind of creeping back like even like last week my mom was like talking about going back to college and I was like bro I just wrote sketches for Comedy Central and you're telling me to go back, back to, to college. college so it's just it's interesting like and I get it my parents they have this solid foundation of education and everything like that and they just want but me to be okay but they're still in that mind frame yeah and, and like I'm never going back to college yeah. fuck college like I don't you don't need to I'm not this doing is, that. you're in, this is school yeah, you're in school literally. right now classes it's and just sessions. as hard. So Planet Black, yeah, is uh, your cartoon. It is that you said you started. You were inspired when you were living in the car. Right? Yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah. So tell us about Planet Black. Um. Yeah, it was this idea I got. I was smoking weed with somebody in my car, and uh, we were just kind of talking about like marijuana decriminalization and just how like I have friends like back home that have either like gotten locked up or had a charge or just had a record from having like a gram of weed on them. But then out here you got like white girls with like weed yoga Yee. studios and shit <laughs> and like all these taking pictures on Instagram. Yeah, like all these huge cannabis companies and everything and just like or exploiting asshole, Right. Like assholes like John Boehner who were part of a government that were locking people up and then now he sits on a board for a cannabis company making Drives a million dollars a year. Like it's it's ridiculous. And then just how like Eighty over eighty percent of cannabis businesses are white, yeah. and less than four percent are black. And I was just saying how yeah, the only like safe place for a black dude to sell weed is space. And we like bust out laughing. And then I was like, wait, shit, that would be hilarious. I love it. And then I started just writing some shit down. And then the next year, I actually wrote like a whole pilot in twenty seventeen. And then twenty seventeen, I met my friend Eric Abenante, who I started a uh, channel three one zero, our YouTube channel with. Yeah, you guys are great. Thank you, I appreciate it. I uh, support it. I Thank support you, you guys. Um, yeah, we started the YouTube channel, and I told him about the idea, and I remember he was just laughing his ass off, and he was like, yo, could I throw you some ideas for that? And he gave me some funny ideas, and so we rewrote the pilot together. And so I brought him on as like my co-creator and everything. So we just had the pilot, and I ended up meeting this, this young guy named Chaz out here. He's like my age, and uh, he's an animator. He's really good. Rick and Morty actually asked him to like submit some stuff. He's really dope. And uh, I told him about the idea. We got a, a couple dollars together to pay him to do it. And, uh, yeah, so it's been – we're working on that what's, now. What's and so, like, the premise is basically this alien planet um, <coughs> is in an economic crisis at the moment. And, like, all the aliens are about to revolt against the king. And so his children hear this, and they're scared about being broke, so they run away to America because that's where all the popping shit is going down. They want to experience, like, a American spring break because yeah. they really like the movie Spring Breakers. And, uh, yes, they come down here, they end up smoking some fire weed. They don't even know what weed is. And they're like, yo, like everybody's buying this stuff. We should take this up to space and sell it and save everybody. And so they got to abduct the the weed dealer, which is the character I voice, Eugene. And so they, uh, they abduct him, take him up to space, give him the ultimatum. And I'm just like, duh, like being black in Alabama and poor or living like royalty on a space planet. Let's do it. And so, yeah, he basically, the, uh, the one condition is he wants to bring his cousin, who is voiced by Arthur Hamilton, a friend of mine, and Love then him. his grandma, voiced by Clea McNeil, another really funny comedian. She's great. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, we're gonna be this black family in space selling weed. So yeah, that's, that's and I'm the, the I play I I'm a voice. You in do. It. I'm she the uh, the white lady uh, news reporter. She's a news reporter, and like the cool thing about that is um, that little snippet is gonna be at the beginning of every single episode. Oh my god! So like that's like it. that's how I want to start every episode. Yeah. So you're gonna technically be on every episode. So yeah, this is so cool. Yeah, but yeah, now it's people fun. can donate to yeah. the the show on Patreon.com, Patreon.com/slash Planet Black. You know, if we're trying to do it because like there's not really any black and brown media like yeah. with marijuana or stoner comedy or anything like that. Totally. So like we really want to change that and try to bring some like diversity and inclusion into the cannabis community and what oh, better yeah, way I than jokes, you know. No, I mean this is I I love it. I loved the pilot, the teaser. Thank um you. Yeah, trailer I dropping on 420. Yeah, no, I really believe in you guys. Thank and you. It's super super funny and I definitely like I, I see it on TV like on comedy center Adult Swim or yeah. something like that. I or, want to netflix even yeah so i th- I feel it i feel like good things are gonna come i hope so i need it i need it dog yeah I, I mean okay so you said you were feeling down today like what what do you do to pick yourself up How do i you- write i write um 
yeah, I have because I have like a lot of things like I write at one time. Yeah. And so like I write or I like try to think of some new jokes. I hit a mic just to go laugh at other people because there's just so many funny people out here. You'll hear something that you like. You know? Yeah. I find like just if I'm feeling down sometimes it just helps to be around funny even if exactly. i'm you know just go sit in a mic or a show and just yeah. sit in the back and kind of just it's therapy right because yeah, like i didn't i didn't ever want to be a stand-up time moved out here but i would always listen and like watch like chris rock and cat williams when i was younger <laughs> love them just to laugh and so it's just funny that like now i'm doing that hopefully you know somebody would listen to my stuff if they're ever feeling down you know oh they absolutely will yeah. that's gonna happen thank that's you a, what um where can people follow you find you um i'm on instagram at the niles abstin show um and then I, uh, I'm on Twitter at Niles100, and then uh, you can follow Planet Black at, at Planet Black is B L A K though, um, and then uh, you know check out our YouTube channel, Channel Three One Zero. We got like seven different shows, other weed shows that are pretty dope. Like uh, Rachel, you've been on Blunts and Brunch. I love Blunts and Brunch yeah. with Arthur Hamilton. Hell yeah, and then I and then I think we got you on the High Tonight Show what next yeah, month something I'm like coming. that. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty dope, you know. You know, it's a uh, majority of people locked up in prison for weed or black and brown people. Then our no, most are black and brown. I, I so thought, no, like that's, that's what cool. I really I love. Like what you guys are doing. You're, I mean, like it's so true. I'm I'm part of the problem as well. Part no, of you're the, not not part of the problem, but like I I do I I want to use my pl- I I never want to. I'm very self aware of like I am a white girl who smokes weed yeah. and I'm in the industry, but I and. I also always want to use my platform and my privilege to right. It's just you got to you know. be aware of what space you take up and then how you can offer that space to people yes. that don't usually get it. Yes, I'm always about, about how can I be of service? Right. How can I? Because that's what makes me feel good, and I think that's what it's about. Is and someone told me recently. She read my um. What did she read? She read my moon sign. My horoscope, and she said that um good things will come to me by helping the underdog that's awesome and i've always just i always like i want to i love supporting the underdog or people that like are weird or just like you know i i like friending the bizarre just i i love that all of those things i mean you are we all are but i just but i i mean just like i i love that and i love what you guys are doing and um yeah, I'm happy to support you. So, and thank I think, you so much. And I and I can't wait to, you know, grow with you and see sure. what we do. And, yeah, and no doubt know, about it. And uh, yeah, so thanks for coming on today. No, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Another episode of Chronic Relief. You can follow me at Wolfie Comedy at Wolfie Memes, and thank you to our sponsor at Top Tree. All right, guys, have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>